Hi, everybody. Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Want to say real quickly, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any custom merchandise, youth jerseys, camp t-shirts, whatever it may be, you can always find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store. We're going to jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy. Uh, I love that uh, picture behind you. Um, yeah. One of the greatest all-time basketball moments as a Chicago kid. I can imagine as a Chicago kid for sure. I mean, I'm just a big MJ fan, but yeah, I can imagine growing up loving the Bulls. What a moment. <laughs> yeah. Was, I think I have I, I think I have the full color one with like a plaque underneath it. Uh somewhere oh, yeah. af- after all these years it's somewhere in some storage unit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's against the Utah Jazz, is it not? Yeah. That's in uh what is now Vivint Smart Home Arena. Back in the day it was energy solutions. Um but a little I mean, a little something about me. I actually never really grew up a huge jazz fan. Uh, my dad grew up in Vegas. And the closest team to him was the Lakers. Um, and so he grew up a Lakers fan. And then sure. kind of ever since I started watching basketball, it was Kobe and, you know, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum those days. So that's kind of where my fandom of the NBA started. I love it. It's a bold move putting up that moment there in uh, in your home state. Still. In Utah. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely have some teammates that come over. We'll watch games up here in this little area and got a couch surrounding this and they always look at the photo like man i can't believe you have that up but. <laughs> <laughs> you're like believe it baby it's not going anywhere yeah it's here to stay the, the the jazz need to go back to those uniforms so bad those those are beautiful uniforms i can't figure out what color the the jazz are going for these days they have a million different colors they wear so there's a whole story about like i mean i really respect ryan smith i think he's done a great job not only building his own empire of qualtrics but like just the jazz i think the jazz are getting more of a a big, a bigger brand with him there, but I definitely don't think purple was here to stay. Like, I think they were trying to pivot and then it <laughs> leaked and everybody hated it. And he's like, dang, like, what can we do? That's like keep purple. So then purple's in this rotation with like yellow and black. And, and it's like, and I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm always for a little rebrand. I think some things need sure. some, you know, spicing up, but I mean, I've always liked when the NBA does kind of like a modern take on the old school jerseys, like keeping the logos, keeping kind of the tradition, yep. but just maybe some like cooler graphic design with it. Some better yeah, it's, colors, like a, but. it's like a refresh, not a rebrand, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. I'm a Sixers fan. I think the Sixers did a really good job with that. They're using like the cla- the old school classic and have kind of made it a little bit more modern. I like what the Sixers have right now. I don't, uh, you know, as a as a born and bred Chicago fan across all all leagues, I really don't have much to count to contribute to the to the jersey changes. Don't like, change a thing. Don't I change know, right? a thing. <laughs> yeah. Do not change a thing in Chicago. That you guys have. Yeah. Yes. I saw it. something the other day on Instagram that was like it was kind of poking fun a little bit like man what is the nba done with jerseys man they were they were showing like the old cavaliers stuff with that that awesome c the jazz were in there um, yeah. or like orlando magic with those pinstripes it was like whew, like there's some there's some yeah. fire jerseys uh back in the day yeah it's crazy and i mean like obviously the world runs around money and like i get what nike's doing by making new jerseys and people yeah. buy new jerseys but like Right. You know, to have a new jersey for every team that makes the playoffs every year, like, that's just like a lot of change. And like, it's kind of hard to keep the tradition when you have so much change like that. 
Steve, are you a baseball guy at all? Yeah. Yep. So I'm a big Dodgers fan as well. Back to oh, those nice. LA kind of days with my dad. So yeah. Um, whenever we go out to California, we always try to plan it around like one of the Dodgers at home. Uh, we'll go to a game or two. So no, I was I was I was bringing it up because the everybody was up in arms because Major League Baseball. They used to at the All Star game they would all wear their team's uniforms in the All Star game, and then now mm-hmm. they're wearing all the same generic uniforms and. Of course, Major League Baseball, you're doing it because it's another way to make money and people buy the all-star uniforms. But it's like, I remember you're, you're growing up and you're like, that's so cool. There's a Orioles player out there wearing bright orange and yellow and all different colors. I always thought that was so unique about baseball. And they're, they're yeah. doing the City Connect jerseys now too, um, which some of them are, are pretty awesome. Some of them have, have a little bit uh, left to yeah. be desired. But yeah, the more, more you can, can sell jerseys, the better, I guess, right? Yeah. Right. No doubt. I was actually watching the All-Star game too. And I was thinking like, man, the MLB All-Star game might be the best professional All-Star game there is, right? 100%. Because like the NFL, Pro Bowl, like obviously nobody wants to get hurt. NBA, it's in the middle of the season. Nobody wants to get hurt. But like a pitcher can't go out there and just throw like 80 miles an hour. Like he's got to bring his heat. And so it's the best. Like it's, 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 I was thinking about that. I was like, this is by far the best. Like it's actual really great conversation at a high level. I had that conversation with my dad because we were, we were talking about all-star games, the same thing. Like I, I think the NHL does a pretty good job with their skills challenge, at least like it's pretty compelling, mm-hmm. but man, the way the players are mic'd up in the MLB all-star game, like the different yeah. camera angles with like the ump cam. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun and baseball lends itself to having a lot of fun anyway. So yeah, that's true for sure. My, uh, my father-in-law, he's, he's a, uh, diehard Dodgers fan. So my wife grew up in Southern California. So, um, he always, he always gives me a lot of, a lot of shtick, you know, Cubs, Dodgers, historic franchises yep. for sure. But I, I got to ask you, Dodger dog, what are your thoughts on the Dodger dog? I mean, it's just an oversized hot dog. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest, <laughs> thank you. Thank like, you so much. That's all it is like oversized overpriced. Like <laughs> I've always been a guy that like, I need a good, like, bun to meat ratio in any type of a burger like a hot dog whatever it is it's very critical and indeed and so i mean i love dodger stadium i love kind of the yellow seats just the old school fashion like the la vibe there yeah but yeah i mean if we're really talking about quality i mean it's okay like you got to go have one for the experience (laughs) but like yeah of course of course i'm probably hitting the shake shack at the you know in the outfield before i get there you go i just got really happy to have you on this uh this show steven um (laughs) all righty everybody welcome to the nil show i am adam cook here with sean ellenby from campus inc uh really excited to uh, have a special guest today steven ashworth point guard from utah state um, really excited to chat with him. He's got a wonderful perspective, a wonderful story, um, got a, a great um, athletic background as well as personal background um, in the way that he has just uh, committed to Utah State, uh, committed to the program. Um, he's a, a almost a 90% free throw shooter, um, killer behind the arc, um, has spent some time in, in Indianapolis, um, spent a lot of time in, in Utah and, uh, really excited to have you on the show today, Steven. So thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to today. Yeah. The, I think the first thing, you know, we want to get to know 
you a little bit, right? So, you know, I gave you a, a real quick intro there, just a little bit about who you are. What I didn't mention is that you recently got married, right? Just a little bit over yep, a year ago. I did. That is correct. Yeah. So uh, probably the biggest event in my life so far. Um <laughs> About a year and a few months ago, Sean knows what what it feels like. Just barely recently having the That's same right. similar experience. Got married to uh, to my high school sweetheart. Actually, we met in high school, um, Lone Peak High School, and then That's awesome. um, we both actually served missions for our church. Like you mentioned, I spent some time in Indianapolis and that's where I went and was teaching people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, after that, we moved back to Utah and I started going to school here and then about a year after. Um, so right before my sophomore year, I was able to get married and, um, it's been great. Honestly, the best year of my life in and out of basketball, probably. And I think that, uh, all of nice. that can attribute to my wife, Peyton. So that's awesome. Well, you know, she, you had to say that cause you know, she's going to be listening, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she ain't going to repost this podcast if I don't mention her name, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we can say it because we know they're listening and it can also be true. Those, 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 yeah. those, both of those things can be valid. Um, exactly. that's awesome. So, so tell us a little bit about just kind of how you got to Utah state. Um, yeah. What, what kind of that journey of, of, uh, ending up there playing ball. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, I went to Lone Peak High School out here in Utah. Um, it's right below Salt Lake City and in between Provo and everything. And so there's a lot of good talent, a lot of great basketball players, some former guys that have played there like Tyler Hawes and uh, the Emery brothers and then TJ Hawes, Eric Mika. Um, all of those guys ended up going to BYU and I was kind of the uh, the difference maker, wanted to come to the more holier of schools up here in Logan. <laughs> Carve your own path. Um, exactly. Um, and honestly, throughout kind of my high school career, it was, it was different, um, a little more difficult to be recruited, especially as somebody who's planning on serving a mission. Um, and for those people who are like, well, what's a mission? And um, obviously there's, you know, different faiths and different religions and people go out and, you know, do service for sometimes two weeks, sometimes it's a month. Um, our mission experience is two years um, away from home. Outside of the game of basketball, we get about 30 minutes a day for exercise. And I spend a lot of that time just finding the park nearby or um, just about every chapel we have in the world has a basketball hoop. So that was, <laughs> you know, a huge opportunity and blessing that I took advantage of. Um, but I was, I was being recruited. I was going to camps. I was playing really well in AAU. And I'd have a lot of coaches come and approach me and talk to me and, and I'd start getting recruited. Um, but then when they found out, you know, like, hey, I'm actually not going to be in the class of 2018. I'm technically going to be in the class of 2020 is when I could show up and start playing, you know, basketball for you. Uh, a lot of those kind of phone calls, interactions and mm. things kind of grew cold, um, which is a little disheartening. But I kind of had... Um, you know, other motives and other perspectives and, you know, great mentors in my life and realized that a mission was something that I really wanted to do. And I stuck with it. And, um, eventually it led me to, uh, talking with Utah state. Um, and they were the first school to offer me a full ride scholarship. And the coach here at the time was actually coach Durier, who is now coaching for Boise state and, um, coach Spencer Nelson, who once played at Utah state and is now living still in cash Valley. Who's still a great family friend of, of mine and Peyton's. And um, they're a big reason of like just showing me the culture, showing me the opportunity I could have here and how I could excel and, and be really great. And at the time, Sam Merrill was playing here. Um, 
you know, current guard in the NBA who's played for the Bucks, was on that, you know, NBA championship team and the Memphis Grizzlies. So watching him and kind of seeing what he was able to accomplish, that was a huge kind of motivating factor for me to, to come up here. And so by the uh, beginning of my senior year, I felt like it was where I wanted to be. And I had some other schools talking to me still, but it kind of just felt right. And so I ended up committing to Utah State. Um, and then everything kind of changed after that as well. I had a new coach when I finally got here, and now I'm even playing for another new coach. So a lot of change, <laughs> but I definitely feel like this is the place that I'm supposed to be, and I've, I've had a lot of fun, and I've really felt good about that decision ever since I made it. And now you're playing for the only coach that has ever knocked off a one seed as a 16 seed in Ryan Odom, which is pretty cool too. Exactly. That's a dubious Ryan, distinction. Yeah, a legend, no doubt. Like I don't, Coach Odom will never be forgotten when basketball is ever mentioned, especially college basketball, because I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. I mean, we said before it'll never happen and and he did it. So maybe it'll happen again, maybe even sooner, but yeah, Yeah. definitely legendary to be the first. We're we're talking about Ryan Odom, who is the head coach of Utah state. He was the coach at UMBC when UMBC knocked off Virginia, became the first ever 16 seed to knock off a one seed in the NCAA tournament is insane. Uh, just yeah. really, really cool. But, that's why we watch the tournament, uh, right? We love that stuff. That's it, man. It's the best. No doubt. I actually vividly remember watching that game, funny enough. I was like, who are these dudes? And then, <laughs> and then we are. hear the news like, hey, UMBC is our new head coach. And I'm like, UMBC, I know them. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. who that is. Kind of a cool personal story how we got connected with you. Um, Kelsey Naki, who is your director of basketball operations, I worked with closely at University of Maryland. She basically ran the show for our basketball program at Maryland. Um, I worked really closely with her, and then she had an amazing opportunity to go out to Utah State uh, and work as the director of ops out there when Coach Odom took uh, took over the job out there. And I remember Kelsey hit me up and said, hey, I, I got a guy who is really, really forward-thinking when it comes to NIL stuff. I think he'd be really good to work with. Uh, his name's Steven Ashworth. You should really get connected with him. Um, so obviously got connected with you and, and, uh, Oh, a, a big assist to Kelsey for help setting that up. But yeah, that was how we originally got connected with you. And then you were really, you're the first athlete that we ever worked with that actually set up their own meeting with a representative from your athletic department, which I was just blown away by. I thought that was so cool, but I think it also really spoke to, um, how strong that connection is with your athletic department. Um, and, and I think that's really special. Not a lot of athletes have that connection. Was that something where you kind of worked for that relationship with the athletic department or are they really good about working with their athletes? I mean, Coach Odom has mentioned it, and, and I mean, it's kind of different because he's come from a lot of different universities, and this is the only place I've ever been, so it was kind of just the norm, um, okay. but he's been really good at, like, sharing with us, like, hey, like, it's not like this everywhere else, like, mm-hmm. these guys really care about you, you know, the people in the offices, you know, the men and women that are leading this university from the athletic standpoint, like, they care about our perspective, um, they want to know what we value and things like that, and so... um I've had some really good relationships with, um, you know, our athletic director, John Hartwell, and then, you know, our associate AD, Jerry Bovey. And like, quite honestly, I'm trying, now that you ask, I'm trying to think back, like, how did those relationships develop? And I think it was just, (laughs) you know, like they came to practices a lot. Like I always said, what's up? Jerry Bovey always wants the smoke and seven on the line. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, those kind of things competing with each other, I think kind of just brought us together, but yeah, there's definitely not a lot of places where 
Um, and I guess a big blessing is that their offices are in the basketball arena, so they're close. But there's definitely not a lot of universities where you can just walk into, you know, the AD's office and, you know, say what's up and just chat for a few minutes before practice, like, um, or the associate ADs. And so they're super cool about just letting the players and, you know, come in and, and meet with them, talk with them. And they've been super fun to have while I've been here at Utah State. Yeah, I think that's a, that is such a special relationship. And I think speaks to not just, you know, what you guys have going on at Utah State, but also speaks to, uh, again, your, your forward thinking. I mean, Sean, Sean's not kidding. We set up the meeting and you're like, all right, let's do it. Also, I'm looping in our athletics department. We were like, oh, <laughs> okay, this is awesome. Um, yeah. And then just kind of seeing seeing how y- you and, and Jerry in particular interacted on the call. Was, it was uh, <laughs> great to see for sure. And, it, you know, you guys in Utah, it, it's, a, it's a unique kind of market, right? Like not a ton. Obviously, the Jazz are out there, but not, not a ton going on in terms of professional market. Um, you know, a couple other schools out in the area, but, but – college athletics is kind of it. So talk to us a little bit about that experience, you know, being a ball player in Utah um, and, and just kind of what it's like in that particular market. Yeah, no doubt. I think that uh, growing up, like the college athletes coming back to whether it was like our kids camps or, you know, coming back and watching some of our high school games, like that was the biggest deal. Like, um, you know, just seeing those guys, seeing what they've accomplished. And so to kind of be in that situation now, um, you kind of feel like the sense of gratitude, but also there's definitely some pressure because, you know, the spotlight is definitely on college athletes and with college athletics being such a big focus in the sports world here on Utah. Um, my first coach, Coach Smith, always talked about how, you know, we kind of live in glass houses. Um, you know, you got to make sure that you're always doing the things that you're supposed to and um, because people are watching. And so it's definitely um, a privilege and an opportunity. And it's super fun, especially in a community like Cash Valley and Logan. Um, where I'm trying to think like the closest university is probably another hour away. Um, you know, the jazz are an hour and a half away. So when you're here in the Valley up here, it's, that's really it. And so we go around town, the people are always saying hi. Um, you know, I do some, some trainings for some kids, you know, at a family's gym up here in Logan and, um, you know, they're always fun and, you know, super excited to ask about the team, like, Hey, what's going on in practice? And, who's playing well and things like that. They're always looking forward to the season and to the game. So it's super fun. That's awesome. And it's, it's beautiful up there. I, I played volleyball in college and we used to always go out and play uh, BYU in, in Provo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming from Southern California, you fly, you know, right into the mountains or always snow. We, we would always go out there in January. So yeah. you know, it was just picturesque, perfectly snow-capped mountains, clear air. Uh, elevation was a little high for us when we were, you know, normal, <laughs> normally at sea level. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's gorgeous out there. That, that, that's really neat to just have the, the connection with your local community and um, be able to have that collegiate experience at, you know, uh, a non-Power 5 conference where you're just like, hey, man, we're it. This is great. This is such an exciting program to be a part of. Really cool to hear. Yeah. Super cool. It is an interesting thing, though, to think about when 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 it comes to NIL. Um, I, I think prior to NIL, when you're recruiting uh, and you are in a if you're in an urban environment, there's a ton going on. There's a there's a ton of job opportunities after college. Well, now that we're in this NIL era, if you're in a more remote area, there may be greater opportunities for you to capitalize on your NIL because that community is so much tighter. And you might be the only show in town. I don't know if you if you agree with that, Stephen. If if you feel the same way, no, I definitely agree with that. And I think that 
um, more and more universities, I think are learning that. Um, yeah. Right. There's always going to be the schools that have a lot of money and that have like these endowment NIL programs that I think are eventually going to get shut down. And, um, you know, my dad's been really good about teaching me kind of about, um, business. He was an entrepreneur himself. And so he's talked a lot about this NIL space of, right. Like it's, it, it has to be a market thing. Like it can't just be a social thing where, you know, a donor saying, Oh, I'm going to give a hundred thousand dollars. Cause eventually like, it doesn't pay back dividends. And so with all of this endorsement, the sponsorship, the companies are going to eventually need it to be giving them money back. And so, you know, that's why body armor partners with LeBron and Donovan Mitchell, and those guys, it's because it pays back. And so, um, in a, in a town like cash Valley, there's a lot of small businesses and there's quite a few actually large corporations, whether it's alumni or whatever, um, that, you know, using the face of, of any sport up here in Logan of the college athletes has a big pull. And so I think they're recognizing that and they're using that more to their advantage, which is obviously a benefit for us in the NIL space up here in Logan as well. Well, that's, you know, the media conversation so often we, we talk about this all the time and I, I'm, I'm sick of talking about it, but it's, it's still happening. So, you know, when we say, oh, NIL and college sports, like all you really hear people talking about is how it impacts, you know, power five revenue generating programs. And, you know, you kind of get lost on on what the opportunity as opposed to the obstacles are in a lot of different programs a- across the nation. Right. And, you know, you mentioned your dad, you know, has an entrepreneurial background you're studying business. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what Boosted by Local Athletes is. So uh, the vision behind Boosted by Local Athletes um, is we're really focused in in two spaces. Um, One of those is actually a a coupon marketing, um, both physical like coupon books that you see that, you know, the high school kids are always going around selling. I did it in high school. Um, And then somewhat, you know, moving that into a digital space and and what we do is, is we go and we, and we partner up with local businesses that are already doing their own coupon advertising. And we offer them this opportunity to be in our coupon book that's going to be endorsed and sponsored and um, driven by the college athletes. And, you know, they'll get um, basically their coupons with, you know, my face on it, Ryland Jones, um, Logan Bonner, some of the, you know, some of these other guys. Um, that have big polls, we can put their kind of name, image, and likeness on this. And next thing you know, you know, Carrie Ann's down the road is a much bigger poll because, you know, the athletes are there and, and, it, and it drives that. And then the second thing that we focus on is um, we will actually take a player's content, whether they're posting it with, the, you know, the local burger restaurant or whether it's like a tire store, and we can go to that business and let them know that, hey, you know, this picture is being seen by a thousand people in Logan right now, but that athlete actually is from Texas. So 3000 people that you're paying to see this are in Texas and they can never visit your store. Mm. If you want to change that, um, you know, partner with us and we can actually, you know, the term boosted, uh, we can boost that photo, that post, that video directly to the people with social media marketing that you want to see it um, here in Cash Valley. So we can kind of flip those numbers. So you still get the pull of the athlete posting it. Um, but then instead of having 3,000 people in Texas, you change that number to make sure that it's 3,000 people here in Logan um, seeing those posts, seeing those photos, and which drives more you know, content, drives more um, business to that local storefront. And you're the – this is Boosted by Local Athletes. You're the CEO, right? Yeah. I'm the, the current CEO of Boosted by Local Athletes. And so um, I'm kind of awesome. doing this with a few teammates and then even with my own content – um, so some benefits for the athletes is that, 
you know, your photos aren't just being seen by your followers anymore. Um, they're being seen by, you know, 5,000, 20,000, 50,000 people um, that are likely to follow you, right? Which will create your, you know, brand awareness to, to be boosted as well. So boosting on both sides, I like to say. Adam, I, I'm blown away by Stevens forward thinking with this stuff. I, I just think it's so cool. Uh, I think the old phrase is a rising tide raises all boats, right? And um, with the stuff that he's doing with his boosted, um, even with as we were talking to Steven and he thought, well, look, yes, I can sign, but I'm going to take this to our, to our athletic department. This is great for all athletes at Utah state. We can get jerseys. We can get jerseys out for all our athletes. It helps me, but it helps all of our athletes here as well. I just think that's amazing. hundred percent. You've been our, our, our number one biggest fan and advocate at Utah state, which is, <laughs> which has been great. Um, appreciate which, it. Sh- shameless plug you actually have a drop live right now um you can find yeah, it at nil.store slash stephen ashworth T- tell us a little bit about uh just your first drop and um i love the the logo there on the front walk us walk us through a little bit of that yeah so um i mean i guess a little shout out for you guys i've definitely loved working with you guys with just my um uh, my brand and um the awareness just the the content and the merch that that you guys have helped me create um, it's definitely first class, you know, the best that I've seen in the NIL space. And uh, the logo that I put on the front, um, it's an S with an A. Um, and my man, my man G, who uh, does all the designs, he cool. he edited that for me. So then what we did is we made that S also into a three. So a little bit like I took kind of the vision of the Steph Curry logo that he used to have with the S and the C making mm-hmm. the three zero. Um, and kind of branded that. And then on the back, um, I've always liked graphic tees. I like the old kind of fashion t-shirts, whether it's, you know, even just like the players, like it's just a picture of Michael Jordan, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Like I've always thought those are pretty sweet. And so, um, you know, the graphic design team there, um, has really kind of brought that vision to life. And I'm really excited about some other kind of merch that we can create, but the first t-shirt was definitely, above and beyond anything that I was expecting. So it's been a lot of fun. Shooters got to shoot, right? That's what the tagline. Um, my man, Billy Bales, who's actually one of our, um, he, <laughs> he helps with player development and everything and operations. Um, that's kind of our thing is, and another one that we might have coming, coming soon is never miss twice. You know, the best shooters never miss twice. And nice. Um, I think all of that kind of goes back to my personal confidence and desire to yeah. always have confidence in myself that, you know, shooters got to shoot it and you know, the best shooters never miss twice. So if it misses, shoot it again. Cause the next one's going in. So I love that. I, I think, I mean, I feel like just, this is the the common theme of this conversation is just kind of thinking, you know, what's next, right? Like always what's next. And I think that's a, a, a pretty good indicator of, you know, some of the best athletes as well, especially those who, you know, play point guard is you're just always trying to think ahead. You know, wh- where can I go next? What can I do next? If this happens, what do I, what position do I need to be in? And I, I feel like that's kind of how you position yourself in every part of your life. Right. And when I just mm-hmm. hear you talking about your merchandise and always wanting to have that little tagline there, I think that's a, a great piece of advice for anybody is thinking, you know, you don't always have to just plaster your face all over everything, right? Like as you're, yeah. you're moving towards, you know, how to leverage that brand, it's really about who, who am I, right? What's important to me? And then how do I pivot that into something that's valuable to others? 
Yeah, no doubt. And I think that, you know, a lot of the things that, that we learn in business can be learned from other things. Like, and I think kind of a little plug for other athletes thinking about how to create their own merch and, you know, what their taglines want to be. Like, look at some of the other athletes, right? We all have our favorite athletes. Like, you know, I, I vividly remember the first time I bought KD's shirt that said, shoot till my arms fall off. I was like, that's mm. the sickest shirt ever. Right. <laughs> and it's, and it's like, th- those are some of the things that people can, can relate to. And so, um, I'm a firm believer that we as consumers, we, uh, as Simon Sinek says, we buy why somebody does it, not what they do, you know? So what's the why behind it? Um, so, and I think that you guys also have a great understanding of that as well, because, you know, I can definitely relate to your guys' why behind doing all of this. And, and it's something For fun sure. to be a part of. And we got to make Go sure ahead, we give, uh, we got to give Brock Anthony a shout out who is our creative uh, our art director who does an incredible job working with all our athletes. He's the one that's ultimately, ultimately pulling the strings on all the designs. And uh, Brock, we promise is going to be on our podcast soon enough to talk about his process. But Stephen, can you describe for people what that process was like working with Brock, um, how you came up with that design? And I think what Brock does really well is he actually sends out a catalog to athletes and really just tries to get a sense of, okay, what do they like? Is that what he did for you? Yeah, that's exactly what Brock did for me. Um, honestly, yeah, cool. I probably owe Brock a public apology on this podcast <laughs> for being on vacation. Uh, you know, <laughs> How crazy dare enough, you? I actually broke my wrist. And How so that dare put you a delay. get injured? I know. So that put a delay on things and I was like, focus on this. I was like, Brock, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to get back to you, I promise. <laughs> and so Brock would send me this design and it was awesome. And then as my wife can attest, like I'm horrible at responding after I see something. <laughs> She's like, text him back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and so Brock was great. He sent me a whole catalog of all the other artworks that he's done, even just some other artworks that he's seen of like different guys and different T-shirts. Um, and he just let me know. He's like, hey, send me screenshot, whatever you like. Send me like the numbers of whatever you like. And I sent those off to him. And he's like, great, like I'll start working on it. And he kind of sent me a few mock-ups and kind of asked, you know, what do you want to do first? Um and was really great about putting my brand first. He was really big on, you know, letting me know, like, this is my decision, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to change. And so I think when I finally got to decide on the graphic tee, we probably made even four or five different renditions of that graphic tee. And Brock was super great about, you know, getting that kind of redeveloping it, um, mm-hmm. you know, probably with him and his team. Um, and so they were awesome about doing all of that. And, you know, it's been a great success. I've loved it. I can't wait till awesome. mine get shipped out here. And I'm definitely going to be pulling up to practice, rocking that. <laughs> so yeah, getting, the, getting the team ready. But Brock does not miss. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So we, we mentioned a little bit you, your uh, business major. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, how are you kind of approaching the NIL space, your major? Is there, are there opportunities at, at Utah State for you to kind of bridge those two gaps? You know, what, what you're doing academically and as a student athlete to kind of, I, I don't know, take all your efforts on the court, in the gym and in the classroom and kind of apply them to what you're, you're doing in the NIL space? No doubt. And I think that um, uh, being in the business world, I've had a lot of proactive pr- professors um, who are really interested in the new NIL space. And mm-hmm. funny enough, one of my professors and I actually, um, we got put together an entire NIL class 
um, that's going to be going live this next semester for the first time ever. Um, wow. Professor Creech cool. is his name. And he was super good about helping me kind of navigate, you know, what do I put my focus on? You know, obviously I got to excel academically. Um, I've got to excel on the court uh, because quite frankly, if you don't excel on the court, your NIL value kind of starts to, to decrease. Right. And so you got to take care of that first. And, um, and so this new NIL kind of course that will be taught by, by my professor is going to go into all the different details of, of what the aspects for athletes are, the different businesses that can be created, um, you know, the new channels that are being opened. And so my professors have been really great about helping me bridge kind of that gap between, you know, excelling in the NIL space, excelling academically and on the court. Um, and have kind of given me some guidance and some kind of things to think about and, and work on as we move forward. And quite honestly, I think that, um, you know, for the NIL space, it's not for everybody. It is going to be some time and commitment, you know, in a way it's somewhat of a part-time job. And, you know, one of my NIL things that I really enjoy is, is training kids, um, you know, spending time with uh, elementary, middle school, high school kids in the gym. And that's something that college athletes couldn't do before um, the NIL space, which is crazy to me um, because yeah. I don't understand why you can't do that. But um, <laughs> there's a lot you know, of things like, we it's don't literally understand. manual labor. Like the NCAA is like, you can't do manual labor. Like, All right. But, you know, that's like that's a new NIL opening. And, and I think mm -hmm. that athletes can can take advantage of that. Those that really like to teach and, and be around, you know, kids for long periods of time. Sometimes it's draining, but <laughs> it's certainly fun. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at in the whole NIL space right now. Always, like you guys say, always trying to think of new things, come up with new ideas and kind of see what sticks once we once it hits the fan. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, uh, well, first of all, I want to know where I can register or audit for that class because that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, he's also our next podcast I, guest, by the way, Adam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on, come on, teach. Um, yeah. But I also love, I, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of a hidden nugget in what you just said that we have this conversation internally a lot of like, you know, NIL is not for everybody. And you know what? That's okay. Right. Like mm -hmm. if, if it's like anything else in life, if you're going to do it and you're going to do it well, it's going to take a little bit of time and effort. And, you know, we honestly, we have conversations with athletes sometimes who are like, you know, they send one text message and are like, when, when can we get our stuff up? And I'm like, well, yo, <laughs> like, we gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta figure it out a little bit. Like we gotta work together. We gotta, you know, it, it does take a little bit of effort. And so I think that's just another little, nugget of wisdom there of like, you know, if, if, if you don't want to put the time into it to make it be successful, you know, we can remove as many of the obstacles as, as we can, but you, you still got to put a little bit of the work in, um, if you want it to, to pop off. Right. Yeah. Which is like, and you mentioning that it's crazy to me too, especially as athletes, how we think that like we should out of everybody understand that anything that is worthwhile in life takes effort and time. And yep. like, if you want to be great at something, you got to give in effort and time. And then like some of these other elements come in and we just expect it to be easy and free and like, Hey, where's mm -hmm. my merch? Like when, where's my money? <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, don't you understand that the reason you are where you're at is because you spent thousands of hours shooting hoops, <laughs> yeah. hitting golf balls, you know, making catches. Like, wouldn't you expect kind of the same thing to transition? And so it's funny how we kind of don't connect those two dots sometimes. Yeah, that's so interesting. There, there's a there's a very select, I wouldn't even say 1%, 0.5% of athletes that can passively make income in NIL based off of their stature. Like there's like that very 
high cream of the crop guys. Everybody else, it's just like anything else in life. You got to put the work in um, to see results. Um, but I do think with our model, with the NIL store, uh, just to speak on us a little bit, we do, what I like about us is we, we, make, we try to make it as easy as possible for our athletes in terms of uh, collaborating with them on posts and giving them tools to um, help them succeed. So um, I, am, I am curious, one year in, Stephen, uh, one year into NIL, what have you learned during this one year and, and have you changed your approach at all in terms of how you are obtaining deals or looking at deals or even just approaching NIL in general? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the first year of NIL, we kind of started hearing about all these big deals and all these, um, you know, massive contracts that these athletes were getting. And, you know, you had coaches out there throwing out figures, which would then obviously <laughs> propel other recruits like, oh, he, that quarterback's getting that. I should probably go to that university. And so like, there's all this whirlwind. And so yeah. at first I was kind of thinking like, Hey, like when's, when's Utah state going to jump in on this? Like, when are <laughs> they going to, you know, start bringing us deals? And it was kind of that, that understanding, like, wait, like this is going to be like anything else. Like I'm going to have to work for it. I'm going to have to go out. I'm going to have to do some of my own things. Um, people aren't just, you know, eager to jump on any athlete. Um, unless you're that, you know, I'd probably agree. It's probably even less than 1% of college athletes that are really going to make a lot of money. And I think that's what even the research is showing nowadays too, is that, you know, 99.5% of us are going to earn less than $5,000 a year on NIL. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not insignificant, right? Like, you know, an extra $2,000 a year is still some really good, you know, bonus money. Um, and so some of my approaches are more so, I think I've tried to focus a little bit more on, on what am I, what can I specialize in? Um, and I think that is social media marketing. And I think that's training. Um, and so I'll kind of, I, I pivoted um, with the social media. And instead of offering, you know, these huge packages to different businesses, I've actually just reached out to businesses that I really enjoy going to. Um, and I'll say, hey, I frequent your store a lot. Um, I play basketball up at the university. And I can drive my social media content to the exact number of individuals that you want to see it. Would you be interested in that? Um, mm -hmm. and when I can kind of promise that, you know, s specific number, um, and actually interestingly enough, I've actually done, um, some of the groundwork to get my own merch actually start promoted in the Valley, you know, to kind of help my own sales, because I understand that, you know, the more sales I get, the more commission that would then come. <laughs> um, and so kind of just taking that investment on myself of saying, how much money do I want to spend advertising this? Um, and what do you think the returns can be? And so I've looked into even those things. And so, you know, who knows, maybe one day I'll start promoting more of the uh, NIL store and the athletes pages for them, you know, eventually with, with boosted by local athletes. You just, you, you snowball and you got, you know, talk about a triple threat, right? You got, you got the athlete, you're your own best agent. This is, this is awesome, yeah. man. I'm, I'm over here taking notes like, all right, this is what I got to do. Yeah. Um, Kind of, kind of similar question, and we'll we'll close with this. Um, but you know, maybe a little bit more uh, specific. You're you're obviously you know a thought leader. You're a leader on your team. Really looking forward to seeing you on the court this this upcoming season. What advice would you have to to freshmen? You know, it's it's a crazy world now. Everything's up in the air. Um, yeah. What what advice would you have to incoming freshmen into this kind of bizarre space? Yeah, I think um, especially with everything that changed with COVID um, and things happening with the transfer portal, with 
um, the way coaches now recruit. Um, I think there's freshmen that are in a lot of different circumstances at this point. There's freshmen that are, you know, at division one levels, there's freshmen that are at JUCO levels that probably should be at division one levels, but because of transfers, things didn't work out. And so, um, you know, it's cheesy at times, but I think it's true. Like you have to trust the process. You got to be able to trust, um, in your own path, um, in your own, you know, dreams, vision, goals, and, and it's going to take time. And I would let the freshmen know that it's important to learn from each experience. And I actually heard a great quote yesterday, actually, that we don't learn from our experiences until we reflect on them. And I thought that was really powerful. And so, you know, we can be going through a whole bunch of different situations and circumstances, but until we take a moment to actually think, okay, what happened? What, what was going on? What did I not do right? Or what did maybe, what could have my teammates done differently? All of those things are the times where you can really learn. And so as an incoming freshman, take that time to learn, be patient with yourself, but also don't take shortcuts. You got to be able to put in the work. You got to be able to do what is necessary um, to get to the level you want to be. And, you know, we never lose a game. Sometimes we just run out of time. So um, keep that mindset and uh, you guys will all be super successful. And I'm really excited to see where college athletics will go um, and with this new NIL space and what happens from here. But best of luck to all you incoming freshmen, I might say. That's awesome. That's awesome. One last fun one I have for you. I have to ask, I've been dying to know skiing or snowboarding and where's mm. the best place to go in Utah? Uh, I'm actually a, a big time boarder. I wasn't able to do a whole bunch throughout high school, but before high school, I snowboarded every, every winter we would have like a weekly bus and nice. you got to go to park city. You got to go park to park city. city. Sure. Um, they, there's two resorts. The canyons is up there as well, up that same Canyon. Um, but Park City is is my favorite resort for sure. Mark it down, people. Mark it down. Catch uh, Stephen on the slopes in Park City uh, <laughs> yep. after your eligibility is up, right? After your eligibility exactly. is up. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I love it. Hey, this has been episode 10 of the NIL show. Adam Cook and Sean Ellenby from Campus Inc. Joined by Stephen Ashworth, point guard at Utah State. Thought leader. Uh, motivational speaker, self-agent <laughs> representative, CEO. Stephen, what a great conversation. Really grateful to have you. And uh, we'll catch you all next time on the NIL Show. Hey, everyone. Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Just wanted to say thanks again for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any team wear, custom merchandise, rec or youth league jerseys, Uh, fraternity and sorority wear or company merchandise we're always here for you you can find us at campus.inc and of course for all your nil needs nil.store